What is going on, everybody? How is everybody doing today? And welcome back here today to episode two of the Just Ballin' podcast. We are a week into the NBA season, so we have a decent amount to cover today. But first, I'd like to say thank you for everybody's support on episode one, either if you listened on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. I'd just like to say thank you. Something new this week is if you are listening on YouTube, you will be able to see my face um, just as me talking. Maybe it'll make it a little bit more interesting on that platform. And obviously, if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you'll just be able to listen to me. So yeah, we have a decent amount to talk about because we finally have NBA games that matter. It was a fun first week in the regular season. I am recording this at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday. So I won't take into account any Sunday games that happen after I finish recording this. So we are going to talk about from Tuesday to Saturday. We're going to talk about the DeAndre Aiden news. Games of the week, league leaders, stars of the week, and disappointments of the week, and just anything that precedes that. And I think for next week, for episode three, I'm going to implement a mailbag for the end of the week where you guys can ask me questions, preferably on Twitter, twitter.com slash Matthew and Geist, and I'll just post the tweet where it says, ask me anything for my podcast, and you guys can be put on that. So yeah, we're going to start off with the DeAndre Aiden news. Now, that was pretty shocking. Honestly, anybody getting suspended in the NBA is usually shocking, and he was suspended 25 games for the use of diuretics, which apparently they're a banned substance because they can mask performance mask performance enhancing drug use sorry haven't said that before sources with knowledge of aiden's testing told espn that follow-up testing on him showed no traces of other banned substances so what i've heard about diuretics is what their main purpose is is to hide other performance enhancing drugs like steroids stuff like that so that is good that it showed no traces of any other banned substances but this is a huge disappointment for aiden suns fans just nba fans i know me you guys know me I was very high on DeAndre Aiden this year. I expected a big sophomore year playing with Ricky Rubio, a better head coach in Monty Williams for his style of play. And this is really disappointing. He'll lose about $2.17 million over his 25-game suspension. Obviously, only 82 games in the year. That's more than a quarter of the year he will be missing. Suns had a big win on opening night against the Sacramento Kings, and they got hit with this news on Thursday. So that was pretty disappointing there. Yeah, it's just not what you could do. I think, um, obviously, maybe he will appeal. I know um, on ESPN's article by Adrian Wojnarowski, he said, I will continue to work with the NBA PA to go through arbitration and hopeful of a positive resolution. But yeah, either way, this is really disappointing. Uh, the Suns actually picked up a big win against the LA Clippers last night. So that was obviously huge. And they did it without DeAndre Aiden. And yeah, the Suns actually had a pretty good start to the season. They ended up beating the Clippers by a score of 130 to 122. They are 2-1 on the season, which I think Suns fans will definitely take that. They did lose to the Denver Nuggets, 108-107. to So yeah, they've actually, the Suns have been one of the more surprising teams in the first week of the NBA season. I think I know a lot of their fans would definitely take a 2-1 start, and they were very close to a 3-0 yeah, start. So yeah, pretty disappointing news there for Aiden, and I believe he won't be back, or he'll be coming back around Christmas time. So, yeah, that was obviously the first bombshell of the week. Now, we can talk about the games of the week. Now, games of the week aren't going to be the best games of the week. These are just going to be the games that I watched this week. I watched about, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven. I've watched nine games this week. I unfortunately did lack, um, I guess, watching on Friday and Saturday, only watching two games between those spans. I mean, obviously, there was a lot of good games there. But uh, I watched Pelicans-Raptors, Lakers-Clippers, both opening night games. I watched 76ers versus Celtics, Knicks versus Spurs, Nuggets versus Blazers, and Pistons versus Pacers on night two. And then I watched um, Bucks versus Rockets, 
Knicks versus Nets and Knicks versus Celtics. So I'm going to particularly talk about these games. If you do want to see like my live, I guess, notes on them, I do tweet them out at the end of the half and at the end of the game on my Twitter that I mentioned before, uh, which you can find in the link of the YouTube description or just go to Twitter um, and search Matthew Engeist and I'll pop up. Uh, so yeah, uh, talk about the Pelicans Raptors. This was honestly not that bad of a game to start off the season. It went into overtime. Fred Van Vliet played really well. So did Brandon Ingram. Nicole Melli looked good. Derek Favors did not. Lonzo Ball looked and Drew Holiday disappointed. Um, I did tweet out that I thought Frank Jackson should have got more minutes. Kyle Lowry um, played pretty solid. So did Siakam. And the Raptors picked up the dub on opening night in overtime. So that was a fun game. And then obviously, arguably probably one of the biggest games of the regular season happened on opening night. And that was the Lakers versus the Clippers. Clippers were technically the home team. And this was a fun game too. Uh, it was close for mainly most of the game until late in the fourth quarter. Uh, but Kawhi played out of his mind his mid-range game was on point. The bench for the Clippers was huge. Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, Mo Harkless all looked great for them. Obviously, Patrick Beverly was playing really good defense. Uh, Danny Green played really well for the Lakers. LeBron struggled a little bit. Um, and Anthony Davis took a lot of post-ups. A lot of post-ups. Uh, moving on to the Celtics Sixers. This was a solid game for most of it. I was surprised how close it was in uh, the Celtics' favor for most of this game. I thought the 76ers are, or they are the much better team. But division rivals, they're obviously going to be close whenever they play each other. 76ers are good, man. I think they are the clear favorite to come out of the East, uh, I think, going into the year. And I think for most of the year, we will realize that. Uh, obviously, it's going to be them and the Bucks most likely, um, come playoff time. But who knows? It's the NBA. So uh, we'll see. Um, a plethora of Celtics struggled um, in the first couple games this year, including Kevin Walker and Jason Tatum, but we'll get to that later. Uh, Knicks versus Spurs. RJ Barrett looked really good. So did Julius Randle. So did DeJounte Murray and Bryn Forbes. Knicks kind of choked this game in the fourth quarter um, on David Fisdale mainly. And yeah, we'll probably talk about him later too. Uh, moving on to Nuggets versus Blazers. This was also fun. We got a lot of good games to start the NBA season. I didn't watch many blowouts, at least in the games I watched. Besides maybe the last game we'll talk about. But yeah, Nuggets versus Blazers. Jeremy Grant looked really good. Lillard held his own. Whiteside looked good in his Trailblazers debut. Jokic got into foul trouble early, but he still performed later on. And yeah, the Nuggets are really deep. They have a really deep bench. Uh, it's definitely up there with one of the best in the NBA. I guess they're, um, the Clippers technically, even though their best players, like literally their third and fourth best players. Or you would even say probably Harrell and Lou Will. Lou Will's the second best player on that team right now with George out. And the third best player probably would be Montrezl Harrell. I would say they're better than Beverly, but you know what? They're, they're all good in their own right. Come off the bench. So it's not really who starts the game. Starting is kind of like, it's a weird tool that people say, I guess, benefits other players. Like, oh, they started 80 games, but how many games did they finish? They started 70. Like, remember back in the day, Davosephalosha would start over James Harden. But James Harden would play majority minutes off the bench. It's kind of like... Obviously, you start the game. I don't really get why teams really start their best players because that means they all get tired around the same point. But say if you started three of your best players and then let two of them come off the bench, kind of how the Clippers do, you can kind of maneuver the minutes, um, I think, in a better way. Uh, but yeah, the Nuggets are really deep. Malik Beasley, Monte Morris, Jeremy Grant. Uh, uh, not Will Barton, excuse me. Um, we talked about Malik Beasley. Oh, Torrey Craig, that's who I couldn't think of. Uh, Mason Plumlee played pretty well. Um, we'll see if Michael Porter Jr. plays anything for them this year. Uh, Pistons Pacers. Uh, no Blake Griffin, no Victor Oladipo, which was pretty disappointing. Demo uh, Domas played well. So did Miles Turner. So did Malcolm Brogdon. But he did struggle a little bit shooting the ball. But he got to the line and he facilitated well. Uh, Andre Drummond played really well. Derek Rose. Derek Rose has been good this year, which is great to see. Luke Kennard played well. Um, and the uh, Pistons pulled it out um, on the road. 
which I actually thought the Pacers would win this game. Bucks versus Raptors, another road team winning. The Rockets were up by 16 going into the second half at home. And Giannis fouled out with around five minutes to go. And they still lost. Uh, Harden, Westbrook, and P.J. Tucker combined one for 11. No, not P.J. Tucker, excuse me. Eric Gordon, Westbrook, and Harden combined one for three. One for 11 from three. Wow, that was kind of hard to say. One for 11 from three in the fourth quarter. That can't happen. Harden's been kind of disappointing this year so far. And it's just small sample size two games. So, obviously, it, you can't really overreact. Uh, Knicks versus Nets. This was... Looked like a, it was turning into kind of a mini blowout in the Nets' favor, but the Knicks did come back in that fourth quarter, should have won the game. Uh, I don't really get the point of Wayne Ellington's, like, game on the line. You, you're up by three, I believe the Knicks were, or they were up by five at this point, and Wayne Ellington turned it over. Julius Randle or Marcus Morris take bad shots. I think Julius Randle turned it over, too. And Kyrie Irving clutched it out for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, just uh, David Fisdale has been pretty awful as a coach in these first three games uh, and, and then I watched Knicks for Celtics uh, I actually turned it off in the fourth quarter because it got really bad and same old story um Fisdell is has been pretty garbage as a head coach and there's no really way to butter that or just be nice about him he's been he's been bad uh so yeah we're gonna just talk about the stars of the week these are just guys that I think played really well this week obviously I'm not gonna get to every player that played well but I'm just gonna talk about a couple that caught my eye and that is the first one we're gonna talk about is Trey Young Trey Young might be the best offensive player so far this season once again small sample size you really can't obviously make a a take on that because he's only played two games but he had in his first game against Detroit, uh, he scored 38 points on 52% field goal percentage. Uh, he got to the line 12 times, and he went 6 for 10 from 30, shooting 60% from 3. So he had 9 assists, 2, 7 rebounds, 1 steal, did have 6 turnovers, but his usage rate is insanely high. So obviously you're going to have more turnovers once your usage rate is up. But yeah, Trey Young killed it in his first game, and his second game, he played even better. 39 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds, 2 steals. Uh, he shot 64% from the field, 16 for 25. And he only got to the line four times, but went five for ten from three. So yeah, Trey Young has been killing it so far um, for the Hawks this year. And they definitely need that, obviously, after Luka last year kind of took all the spotlight. But Trey Young did have a really good second half. And once you probably look at Trey Young's last, like, 60 games, like, I guess we could start this year, have two games this year and 58 games from last year. They're probably really good stuff. Uh, next guy we're going to talk about is Kawhi Leonard. Now, I'm just using kind of basketball reference to talk about their stats. I don't really know these off the top of my head, but... Kawhi Leonard averaging 26 points in his first three games. He's one of a couple teams that have played three games so far. But yeah, 30 points, 21 and 27 in his first three games. 52% from the field, 53 and then 47. Um, his three-point percentage hasn't been great, but he actually did shoot three for six um, in the loss against Phoenix. So yeah, that was pretty shocking. Um, he's had five steals so far in the year, two blocks, uh, 10 turnovers. But yeah, Kawhi Leonard has been very good so far for the LA Clippers and obviously everything you would imagine from him. Next person we're going to talk about is Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic, uh, I believe the Mavericks are 2-0 to start the year. So you couldn't ask for a better start from Dallas. They beat, I believe, the Pelicans and they beat the uh, the Washington Wizards. Now that Wizards game was kind of insane. He went now uh, 4-9 for from 3. He had 34 points, 9, uh, or nine rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. He was a plus eight. Yeah, he was just really good. Oh, no, he was, a, he was actually a plus zero, so that, that was kind of weird. Um, and then in game two, he was a plus 12, 25 points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds. He had a triple-double in his second game of the year, 52% from the field. Yeah, Luka and Trey Young kind of been huge so far this year. Two guys, obviously, from the 2018 draft that were one and two in rookie of the year voting. Next guy we're going to talk about is Kyrie Irving. 
yeah, his game one of the season was one of the best of all time. He had 50 freaking points against the Minnesota Timberwolves at home. They did lose by one point, though. Uh, he had seven assists, eight rebounds. Yeah, he had one total win share off that game, which is really hard to do. Uh, yeah, or no, it was half a win. So, yeah, it, it, it was a half a win share, which is insanely hard to do off one game alone. And if they won, it probably would have been higher, obviously. His second game, he played pretty well against the Knicks. He did hit the closing shot. He did only shoot 42% from the field and 25 from three. He ended with 26 points, uh, three steals, and five assists. And the we're going to talk about three more players now. Next one will be Donovan Mitchell, a third-year player this year who's had a very good first and second year in the NBA. He is averaging 23 points on the season so far. He's also played three games. They are 2-1. and one. They did beat the OKC Thunder by five they lost to the lakers by nine and they beat the kings by 32 yeah the kings have been disappointments this year um we'll kind of go over their recap in a little bit uh he had 32 points in his opening night 24 and then 15 uh he was a plus 36 last night against the kings um and yeah he only took nine field goal attempts last night because he really didn't have to do much but yeah mitchell has been pretty good so far for the um the Utah Jazz. Next guy is Brandon Ingram, who I actually tweeted about that he's going to benefit probably the most from the Zion injury. Uh, I don't think he was going to start prior, or he was, but it was just going to be a really weird fit. But yeah, he is killing it so far. He's averaging 27 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists in his first 3 games. That uh, puts him at a true shooting percentage of 62%. He's been killing it, Brandon Ingram. I feel like a lot of people haven't been talking about him enough. Uh, he was a negative 19, negative 11, and negative 1. So he hasn't been a positive box, box plus minus guy. Um, but he had 35 points against the Rockets, 15 rebounds on 63% shooting. And he shot 4 for 7 from 3. He played 38 minutes in that game, and they did lose to the Rockets by 3. That was a fun game. And then the final guy we are going to talk about is Derek Rose, who's been coming off the bench along with Luke Kennard. For the Pistons, and I kind of like that because they've obviously been ending the games. He's been ending them over Reggie Jackson. So yeah, um, we could talk about Rose. He was a plus five, negative eight, negative three in his first two games. He was big against that Indiana win. He had 18 points, nine assists, 27 points and three assists in his second game. And he did have 31 points, three assists, three steals, two blocks in his third game. He shot 54% in game one, 68 in game two, and 66 in game three. He's been playing about 25, 26 minutes a night. The Pistons are 1-2, though. Obviously, they are missing their best players. So let's move into the third or fourth, I should say, segment of the week. And that is going to be disappointments of the week. So yeah, I have some disappointments that we're going to talk about. So yeah, the disappointments of the week. The first one we are going to talk about is probably just a player that has been the worst on this list. He's just been really bad, and he either needs time on the, um, he's going to be on the injury report, or he needs to go to the G League, and that is Dennis Smith Jr. Now, if you did see my tweet about him, he had probably one of the worst shots you could possibly take. He had a wide open three against DeAndre Jordan, who was playing a good five feet off him. He was at probably the top of the, he was at the top of the three point line. DeAndre Jordan was at the foul line, so we had plenty of space to take a wide open three. He decided to pump fake. He decided to pump fake the wide open three to take a wide open two. So if you guys know math. Three points is more than two points. So if you're going to get a wide open two and a wide open three, and you can shoot the three. It's not like Dennis Smith Jr. is like Andre Drummond from out there. He can attempt a three, and you'd be okay with it. And he chose the two and bricked the two. 
I tweeted about it. I was I was screaming over a play before. It was in the first quarter, and I, I was just like, he needs to get benched after that. He needs to get put on the, either the injury report or he needs to go to the G League. And if we're being realistic here, he needs to go to the G League or, like I said, the injury report. He doesn't look fully healthy. It's all mental with him right now. The Knicks fans are actually booing him uh, last night, which he felt bad for him, and then they were cheering, we want Frank. Yeah, like, you feel bad for him, but he's been bad. And I don't get why David Fisdale continues to put him out there. Speaking of David Fisdale, he's my second disappointment of the week. He's been awful as a head coach this year. I don't know, after all the time he got through summer league, through preseason, he decided to start Alonzo Trier alongside R.J. Barrett on opening night against the Spurs. It didn't work whatsoever. Didn't work at all. Put Alfred Payton and Alfred Payton played a lot better and actually played really good in game one. Alfred Payton's been eh for the Knicks. I don't get why. He's not the greatest defender in the world. He's not the worst defender in the world. But when you're going up against guys like Kyrie Irving and Kemba Walker, you want a really good perimeter defender guarding them. And the Knicks' best perimeter defender is Frank Nielakina, who's had a do not play. He's had a DNP in game two. He played four minutes, I think, in game one. And he played, I think, 20 seconds in game three. Yeah, he's been on the bench. And it's not like, yeah, we know he's not a good offensive player. He's not a good offensive player. I believe my computer just went off, so sorry if you heard that. But he's a good defensive player. And David Fizdale, what pisses everybody off is he preached defense all over the summer, all summer long. We're going to go back to 90s Knicks. We're going to play great defense. And he has done zero to show that. It's it's frustrating. It's frustrating. He played 18 seconds in game three and two minutes and 54 seconds in game one. Yeah, that's what he's done. But he's played Dennis Smith Jr., who doesn't play defense well at all no no not at all i don't think dennis smith jr has hit more than like three shots this year we can pull up his um his shot chart from the first three games or his game log at least but it's not pretty so in game one against the spurs he went one for four oh for four against the nets and oh for three so he's a measly one for 11 on the season yeah one for 11 he was a negative 15 in 11 minutes last night for the Knicks. I was actually going to tweet this out, but I think I forgot to. It's it's kind of mind-blowing. So last night, the Knicks played the Boston Celtics, and they got blown out mainly in the second half. R.J. Barrett played good, but um, yeah, he's been he's been a pleasant surprise so far uh, for the Knicks. I guess not really a surprise, but he's been good. The Knicks had three bench guys who had a greater minus in a box plus minus than minutes played. Kevin Knox was a negative 28 in 26 minutes. Dennis Smith Jr. was a negative 15 in 11 minutes. And Alonzo Trier was a negative 25 in 21 minutes. But David Fisdale continued to play these guys. It just makes no sense. I'm sorry. David Fisdale has been awful this year. And he deserves to be on the hot seat already. After the like, If you watch these first three games, the Knicks had a really good chance to be 2-1. But... It's, it's going on David Fistel. So, sorry for that. We're not going to talk about the Knicks anymore. Uh, we're going to move on to Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's kind of been disappointing. He didn't play terrible in game one. He got good looks. Shots just weren't falling. But, yeah, he's been shooting a true shooting percentage to start the year of 46%, which, if you guys know, is not good at all. His, um, I guess, field goal attempts have been 22-22-17. He went 8 for 22 in game one which is a 36% field goal percentage, 8 for 22 in game 2, and 5 for 17 in game 3. Yeah, like, yes, he's been averaging uh, 20 points a game, but it has not been efficient whatsoever. Uh, next player we're going to talk about is another guy from the 2017 draft class, and that is Larry Markkinen. Uh, I don't know why Jim Boylan chose to not really play him in the first half in game 3, I believe, of their season. Um, yeah, he only played... 
Uh, oh, no, he did play 30 minutes, excuse me. I don't know why, but I thought he didn't play much um, in the first half of Game 3. But, yeah, he didn't play. He's been pretty bad this year. In Game 1, though, he actually played well. Nah, that's that's a lie. Game 1, he played well. It's kind of Games 2 and 3, he's been disappointing. So, he's not really at the top of this list on the disappointing players. Game 1, he went 13 for 25, 52% field goal percentage, 17 rebounds, 35 points. He was good in a loss against the Hornets. And then uh, against the Grizzlies, he went 4 for 15. And then against the Raptors, he went 3 for 10. He's not been super disappointing, but obviously he's been more disappointing than not. Next player we're going to talk about is Bradley Beal. Now, obviously, Bradley Beal is one of the only bright spots for the Wizards this year. Obviously, Thomas Bryant and Rui Hashimura are too, but Beal has not been efficient whatsoever. He has a field goal percentage of 30% to start the year. In his first three games, he shot 7 for 25, 7 for 22, and 8 for 25. So yeah, he's been bad. He's been playing a lot of minutes. He played 31, 34, and 38. Defense hasn't been good at all either. So yeah, it's been a little bit of a rough start for Bradley Beal coming off that new contract extension. Kemba Walker is uh, the next player we're going to talk about now. He did play good in Game 3 against the Knicks, but doesn't everybody. Um, but yeah, Games 1 and 2, he was not too good against the uh, 76ers and the Raptors. He went 4 for 18 in the game against the Sixers, 12 points, and then he went 8 for 22 against the Toronto Raptors for 22 points. He he was just disappointing in those two games. He definitely did have a really good third game of the year against the Knicks, went 11 for 17, 32 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds. But yeah, Kemba Walker did disappoint in those first two games that I just wanted to mention. Now, James Harden has also been very disappointing, I would say, this year for the Rockets in their first two games. I believe they are playing today on Sunday. I could be wrong. Uh, but yeah, he has been a little bit disappointing for them. Actually, I'm wrong. They do not play today. But James Harden, uh, yeah, he shot 2 for 13 in Game 1. The reason he had 19 points is because he went to the line 14 times and hit all his free throws. Um, and in Game 2... He had 29 points, but went 8 for 29 from the field. He went 2 for 18 from 3. Didn't that? I didn't misquote that. He went 2 for 18 from 3 with an 11% 3-point percentage. Holy crap, that is so bad. But he went 11 for 12 from the line. He had 5 assists. He had 14 assists in Game 1, so I'll definitely give him credit for that. But yeah, Harden's been a little bit disappointing. Uh, Mike Conley for the Utah Jazz. He shot 1 for 16 in Game 1 of the regular season, I believe. Which is not what you want for... Um, your kind of all-star point guard. Well, he was never an all-star, but your really good point guard you acquired in the offseason. Yeah, he shot one for 16 in game one, three for 11 in game two. Definitely had a better game three, but only scored 12 points. He had eight assists, but that was kind of more Bojan Bogdanovic's game. Uh, but yeah, not the greatest start for Mike Conway this year. And then the last um, team we're going to talk about, or the last disappointment, is a team, and that's the Sacramento Kings. Kings started off the season 0-3. They lost to the Utah Jazz by 32 points. Yeah, they lost 113-281. They lost to the Trailblazers by 10, 112-122. to And then they got blown out by the Suns on opening night, 124-95. to So the last segment of today's uh, podcast is going to be the league leaders. I'm just going to talk about kind of the league leaders of the season so far in many different statistics if you're curious. So Kyle Lowry has played the most minutes this year along with his counterpartner uh, backup member in Fred VanVleet. Uh, RJ Barrett's up there at four and... Uh, Devin Booker's at number three. Uh, field goal attempts, Bradley Beal's taking the most at 72, but the person that has hit the most field goals is Brandon Ingram. Derrick Rose and Kawhi Leonard, three guys we talked about in the Stars of the Week, and Trey Young's there at five. Siakam is in there at four. He's been playing well so far. But yeah, RJ Barrett, he's been good so far this year. Devin Booker has actually led the league in assists so far. 25 on the season, 24 for Kawhi at number two, and Bradley Beal at three with 23. So three non-point guards. Alfred Payton, 
and Jason Tatum have led the NBA in steals and RJ Barrett at three. I, I'm actually not going to lie. The Knicks defense has an awful in their starting lineup at, at least, but don't even want to talk about their bench. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is current leading or is currently leading the NBA in offensive win shares with 0.6 along with Kat and Kyrie. Kat has been, actually, I, I should talk about Kat in Stars of the Week because Carl Anthony Towns has been amazing this year in his first two games. He had 36 and 37, 14 rebounds, and then 15, eight assists, four steals in the second game of the year, shot 50% in game one, 72% in game um, two. He shot seven for 11 from three in game one in the win against Brooklyn. And then they beat the uh, Charlotte Hornets by 22 in his second game where he shot four for seven from three. So if Carl Anthony Towns is going to be, a, let's say he's above 42% from three this year, that's he, he's due for another monster year. He's due for another monster year. He shot from three last year at a 40% rate. If he could shoot like 44, 45 this year, oof, oof, the Timberwolves might be in a playoff contention. So I actually did... Um, or we are going to add a final segment to this week, and that is going to be an Ask Me Anything mailbag, where I do ask you guys on Twitter at twitter.com slash guys questions for the week, and you can be mentioned at the end of the pod. So I just tweeted that out at one o'clock, so I'm going to let those sit for a little bit, and we'll get some questions to end this episode. Okay, so yeah, we're going to go into the mailbag portion of this podcast. We're going to answer five questions um, that you guys asked me on Twitter. If you guys want to be featured in the next podcast, just follow me on Twitter and know when I tweet out about um, the mailbag portion of the pod. So the first question is going to come in from the cool 30 on Twitter. He goes, or he asks, can Pascal Siakam possibly make third or second team all NBA this season? And my answer is yes. If we've gotten to know something off of the first couple games for the Raptors this year, Pascal Siakam is going to be the number one guy there no matter what. Yes, Kyle Lowry is obviously going to get his touches. So will Fred Van Vliet. But Pascal Siakam is going to get his volume, his usage, 26 field goal attempts in game one, 22 in game two, 15 in game three. He's pretty efficient. Uh, I mean, he hasn't been the most efficient this year, but he's been good. Uh, but yeah, I think Pascal Siakam, and like, we haven't even talked about his defense. His defense is borderline. It's not elite, but it's honestly kind of there um, already. And this is what, his fourth year in the NBA, maybe fifth, fourth year in the NBA. He's 25. He did come into the NBA a little bit later. So yeah, I think Pascal Siakam is definitely going to be in conversation for all NBA third team and possibly all NBA second team. First team will be hard with forwards like Giannis, Anthony Davis, uh, Paul George when he's healthy, Kawhi, stuff like that. So I think all NBA second team, he could definitely be in, be in the combo for, but all NBA third team, 100%. Next question is going to come from Michael and then a bunch of numbers. He goes, do you think DeJounte Murray could compete for most improved player, even though he didn't play last year? And I think 100%. Um, even if you look off his season two years ago, if he performs somewhat close to that or better, I definitely think he'll be in the combo. He averaged eight points, about six rebounds, three assists on 44-26, 70 splits two years ago. If he... Just say, let's say he averages around 15 points a game, 14 points a game, five assists, six rebounds. Definitely think he could be in the conversation for most improved player. Um, and obviously, comeback player isn't a major award, but that's definitely some a, a title you could give DeJounte Murray this year. He's averaging 18 points, nine rebounds, five assists in a very small sample size of two games, though. But that's just a good sight to see. Uh, I just want to double check how many shot attempts he's gotten. 10 and 15 in the first two games. He played really good on defense against the Knicks. Um, I didn't quite watch the Spurs uh, Wizards game, but it looks like he played well, at least um, box shoot wise. So yeah, I definitely think DeJounte Murray could be in that combo. Uh, Joe Jalen on Twitter X 
how far do you think the Rockets will go if Harden and Westbrook experiment works out? Now, a lot of people actually think, I know Zach Lowe was one person advocating that, they think they'll look at James Harden trade um, offers come midseason. They won't probably do anything, but they'll definitely throw his name out there. Um, I, I don't know. If the, if the experiment works out, I think it's finals or busts for them. But if it doesn't work out, then it's going to be it's going to be hard for them to get out of the first two rounds, uh, round one even, in this loaded Western Conference. I mean, R Russell Westbrook has played pretty well in his first two games, but if you watch him on offense, he doesn't do much off ball. When it's him and Harden out there, it's either him running the pick and roll and Harden sitting in the corner or on the side waiting for a pass or just not going to do anything on the play or vice versa. It's Harden running a pick and roll or just taking a step back three and Westbrook not even moving. Uh, Westbrook, oh my God, did I just say Westbrook? I apologize. I meant Westbrook. Oh, that's really embarrassing that I said that. I didn't mean that in a uh, hateful way to Westbrook. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah, Westbrook, he's played very well on defense, too. Um, his offensive numbers haven't been bad, I would say, but it's just he doesn't do much off ball. Um, he played pretty well, actually played really well um, against the Pelicans. He had 28 points, 13 assists, 10 rebounds. He had a triple double, uh, 9 for 10 from the line, which is something people knock on Westbrook about is his free throw percentage. Um, his defense has been good. So, you know what? I don't know. Actually, no, his free throw percentage has been fine. Um, it's just the last three year, two years, it's been a little bit shaky. But yeah, I, I think if it works, it's finals or bust. If it doesn't, it'll be tough for them to get out of the first two rounds. Um, Ayo Mike Kun um, on Twitter goes, is Malcolm Brogdon going to be an all-star this year? Definitely possible. If Victor Oladipo doesn't come back to, let's say, December, He's going to get a lot of games as the number one guy. I mean, in another really small sample size, he's averaging 26 points and 10 assists. But him as a playmaker has been really good for them this year. Um, I definitely think he will average around 10 assists this year. Obviously not around 26 points a game. But yeah, I think there's definitely a chance he could go to the All-Star game this year. Because he's a very good defender as well. But obviously, people vote on what you see on their offensive stat lines. Um, unless you're Rudy Gobert. But Rudy Gobert got stumped last year, even though he was Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, but yeah, I think Malcolm Brogdon definitely has a chance to go to the All-Star game. I wouldn't say he's a definite, but definitely has a shot. And then RJ Barrett's son on Twitter goes, even though he's been efficient scorer through the first three games, do you think Marcus Morris's all overall style of play, ball stopping, ISO scoring will be harmful to the Knicks young core long term? And will he be traded sometime this year? <laughs> Hashtag fire Fizdale. Now, Marcus Morris wasn't a fan of the signing for the New York Knicks. Um, you just drafted Kevin Knox with the eighth overall pick. Uh, just two years ago. Um, so it really didn't make a lot of sense for them to um, really sign Marcus Morris to a one-year deal. Uh, I, I just want to double check that Kevin Knox was the eighth pick and I didn't mess that up. I believe he was. Um, no, ninth pick. Sorry, ninth pick. Excuse me. But yeah, Marcus Morris, I didn't like the signing because he signed with the Spurs and the reason he backed out with the Spurs to sign with the Knicks, bigger market, more people will talk about him. He'll be on a one-year deal where he knew he was going to start and get most of the shot attempts when he's on the floor if he wanted to. And he's just going to up his stats where he'll be a 2020 free agent and some team will sign him based off his good season this year. That's basically why he signed with the Knicks. I do hope they trade him at some point this year, either to it's a team like Portland or Utah that could use a score off the bench. I hope I hope they do. I really hope they do. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it doesn't really fit the Knicks style of play. When you already have RJ Baird, who wants to be kind of a ball dominant player, or Julius Randle, who's a ball dominant player. It's just the ISO... Just the isolation is just, it's very frustrating to watch as a team that's supposed to be rebuilding is trotting out these type of guys that you shouldn't be starting in a rebuild. You just shouldn't be. Marcus Morris is a great player on a good team to come off the bench. If you're giving majority of your minutes, if he's playing top three minutes on your team, 
you're not going to go anywhere. That's just what Marcus Morris is. That doesn't mean Marcus Morris is a bad player whatsoever. Marcus Morris is a fine player. He's a good bench scorer. He's a good maybe fifth option in the starting rotation. But he should not be your number two guy behind Julius Randle or even your number three guy behind Randle and RJ Barrett. He's taken 12 shot attempts a game. 12 shot attempts a game. I'm sure Kevin Knox is not taking 12 shots a game. Is Kevin Knox going to be in your long-term plans, or is it going to be Marcus Morris? Now, I don't think Kevin Knox is ever going to be a good starter just because his defense is atrocious, but he definitely could be a good spot-up shooter off the bench. But how is he going to develop into that when he's going to play 25 minutes a game and only getting about eight shot attempts when Marcus Morris is getting more? But Marcus Morris is probably not going to be here next year. It's just frustrating. I think it starts at Steve Mills. Um, I think Scott Perry's fine. I even think David Fizdell isn't really awful yet. He could be fired, and I wouldn't be mad, but... I think it starts with Steve Mills that James Dolan should probably look to maybe replacing soon. But yeah, that is going to wrap out episode two of the Just Ballin' podcast. I hope you guys did enjoy. This was fun to make. Um, I'm going to do episode three, obviously, next week, next Sunday. I will ask you guys on Twitter sometime this week for questions for that pod. Um, I just kind of thought of the idea when I recorded this. I was like, you know what? It'll be a fun segment to end the pod with. But yeah, we'll have another week of NBA games. Sure, big news will go down. I'll watch some games. You guys will watch some games. We'll talk about it next week on the pod. Thank you all for watching. Hope you guys have a great Sunday. Peace, guys.